Sean is a fresh of breath there. He just loves chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the five week. I love each and most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? <laughs> it kind of looks like a football, actually. It, Thank you for that. The stitching you that, got. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It builds a bomb. It builds a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Witty Nation, welcome to Witty Not Funny Sports Live, presented by Traveling Growler, the number one self-rated Buffalo sports show covering the Bills, Sabres, entertainment, and everything in between. And as always, part of the Built in Buffalo Network. Go follow us on Twitter right there at the bottom at witty sports 716 we love connecting with bill's mafia all the buffalo sports fans out there and make sure you check out everything built in buffalo is giving you every single day hopefully you came uh from the basement upstairs to our show but every single day built in buffalo has got the best bills content out there make sure you go check us out uh and check all the shows out and if you can for one second hit that like we want your comments today's a big comment show folks like we are in our feels for the most part, even four days later from this Bills game. So leave your comments. Let us know how you're feeling. If you're still feeling ill, if you've uh, overcome that bad feeling and are feeling okay, let us know in the comments and make sure you hit that like and subscribe. Uh, Tony, before we get started with our intro, let's plug the podcast store, teespring.com. Search Witty Not Funny or Google search Teespring Witty Not Funny. Check out all the designs we have going on it's the off season you can still support the podcast by an awesome t-shirt sweatshirt crew neck long sleeve all original designs all awesome all very reasonably priced we don't make barely any money from this we just want to give you cool stuff and we want you to buy cool stuff and then maybe support the podcast on the side so thank you everyone for checking that out teespring witty not funny google search uh we are your hosts i am matt he is tony tony Four days Man. later, how are we feeling? Uh, I'm. You, I would say I'm. Are you nonchalant about it? To, I'm pretty close to the acceptance phase. Okay. I'm letting it roll off me, uh, you know, like a, like a bead of water on a spring day. It is just. It is. It is rolling with the punches. I'm numb. I'm numb to it at this point. It is. It is like a deja vu. I put in the episode description yeah. the quote from Russ Cole of True Detective, uh, and I've been watching True Detective like the new season, Night Country, and it's awesome, by the way. Uh, so go check that out if you like, because you have no Bills games to watch now. But uh, season one, Matthew McConaughey's character is like time is a flat circle. Like everything that happens, it happens again, and that's what this feels like. Like this feels like a flat circle. Like we've been here before. It is Groundhog's Day. It is. Bill Murray, it's deja vu. It's everything that we felt pretty much exactly a year ago, just rearing its ugly head again. I don't know. I think this is a completely different set of emotions for me than last year because it wasn't. Last year was charged with bad mojo. The Bengals, we knew how that was going on. A lot of history from a couple weeks prior. And, you know, 
because T. Higgins tried to kill a guy. And then this is oh, yeah, that. Like what? Oh yeah, that. Right. And so this is, I don't know, the, the way that this went down, this just went down, you know, and actually in, in two years prior was a completely different set of emotions because that was, you know, one of the best NFL games that most of us have seen, you know, in our right. lifetimes. Uh, if you're looking at it objectively, I mean, it was like the worst thing ever, but it was a great game, right. all timer of a game. This was just like right. a normal NFL game. And we didn't turn out on the other side of it uh, as victors, but I don't know. Like it's not, there's, there's not that much to be, you can, it, you can choose to be angry, um, but you can also choose not to be angry and you would be justified in both. And you would be looking for reasons to be angry if you wanted to be angry, I think. What was, but it sucks. What was the, oh, it definitely sucks. Yeah, it's just, again, like I said last week, and this is why, again, I was just completely nervous about this game, not due to the fact that I didn't think we were the we were a better team. Like We could very well have beat the Chiefs, and there was many moments throughout this game, and we'll get into all the moments in a, in a couple minutes here when we recap the game. But um, I don't know, like, it, I, I didn't have like any feeling like I was completely numb to it after yeah. the game because I'm just, I just said, as I said last week, I just don't think we can beat that. It's just like this aura, this vibe or big vibe show, of course, as people know, but it's, it's the drought era Patriots. And yes, we're a more talented team, but that team can never beat the Patriots like, except for a handful of fluky times. But this this feels like the new Patriots, no matter what happens, no matter what the scenario is, no matter what the environment is, no matter what differentiating variables there are, whether it's at home or away, whether somebody's hurt or not hurt, whether Josh Allen puts up four touchdowns or has a stinker. Like, we just can't find a way to beat these guys. That's what it felt like. So I was just like, eh, it's kind of what I expected, honestly. Well, I don't have those sets of feelings. Uh, first of all, because we've seen them get beaten by the Bills many times in the regular season. Regular but season. I also don't yeah. think that, I don't know, like people say we can't do it. And I'm just like, I think can't is a weird word to choose in that situation. We didn't. We can. It's not like if we played them 10 straight times, we would lose 10 straight times, I don't think. it's. I think it's if we played them 10 times, we would win six. And we happen so to have <laughs> just, you know, three of the four have been have been knocked in there uh, as far as what's closing out our seasons. It's not that we can't. We can. We were, a few, we were you know, three points differential in this game. They've been like one scores. We can. We, there's a million scenarios that make it that we can. We can. We just no, have I know it. we can. It just we just haven't. Well, that's exactly. not what you said, we Matt. Can. No, but it's just like it's just like when we have the opportunity to execute, and that's what it comes down to is just pure execution. It just seems like we never have that moment for us. It's like it's like the Travis Kelsey touchdown. We're getting into the weeds here a little early, but that's okay. Um, it's like the Travis Kelsey touchdown, complete breakdown of the defense. It's like. 
why can't the Chiefs have a breakdown of the defense? It just never happens for us that way. It's always mm-hmm. against us. It's just it's it's deja vu. Like, I would almost it's, submit. It's I would we're the goldfish. A, it's a new. I would almost submit a stronger argument is to say we can't go to twenty weeks if you want to choose a can't. Like yeah. it's because the you know it's flat. We didn't seem as flat this time as we did, you know, last year against the Bengals, but there was a flatness to it. There was not a flatness to Josh. I think my biggest criticism, not to be in the weeds, as you said, but like my one of my biggest criticisms is more so than any game maybe I've watched this season, I'm seeing what many are seeing in that uh, so much weight is on Josh's shoulders of carrying everything. Oh, yeah. And like no one Absolutely. else is, no one else is stepping up. No one else is bringing it. No one else is um, willing to, uh, you know, to help carry rise that weight. Occasion. Yeah, yes, rise to the occasion. Yeah. Yes. Rise to the occasion is a beautiful way of putting it. Rise to the occasion is a beautiful way of putting it. So if Josh is rising to the occasion, but nobody else is, it's almost as though Josh is the only one who has the endurance to make it 19 past 19 weeks. Right. That's, that's the only guy. And yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. Tony, I thought you'd be more nonchalant about this. I'm not going to lie. I think I am being nonchalant. I'm being pretty even keeled. I'm not like that. Your shirt does not say the word. Yeah, I know this shirt. As I told you before the show, this shirt was part of a David Rose costume from many years ago. Halloween shit's Greek. And it somehow found its way into my regular rotation. Here we are. It's a great shirt. It's mm-hmm. a great shirt. Um, it's just like, I don't know. When you were speaking there, for some reason, my mind went to Ben Stiller's character in Happy Gilmore. And we're the grandma and we want to stop at knitting. But we need right. that Ben Our Stiller crazy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. mm. Like, my fingers hurt. I want to stop. But ben, we need that Ben Stiller character to say, well, guess what? You just pulled lawn duty. We need someone to push right. us. You want like an authoritarian in there to, to crack the whip. Stage. Yeah, that's what I thought okay. of. I'm like, we want that guy. Like, if we if we're peeking at uh, knitting because my fingers hurt, like we need someone to push us to lawn service duty or whatever Ben Stiller says in Happy Gilmore. But uh, Tony, let's get into some comments here. What up, Chris okay. and Christopher? Whoa, 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 nice. whoa. That's that's too much. That's too confusing. <laughs> too too confusing. Uh, Martin, thank you. Watch. Smash that like for these gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, anyone who's watching. Please smash that like. We really do appreciate it. Uh, give us some love. Facebook, YouTube, wherever you're watching on the Built-in Buffalo Network. Roy, love when Roy comments. This game wants to show me Josh doesn't have enough weapons. Absolutely. We'll get into yep, Josh's that's what we're weapons saying. or lack thereof. Um, kind of like being divorced twice. Perfect. Um, yeah. So great comments, Tony. Uh, what do you say we really dive into this game? Um, and I don't want to look at it in a vacuum. We'll look at it kind of in in the long term of of how this team is is going to look moving forward. But uh, what do you say we we get into it here and send it to a guy who never disappoints us, who always rises to the occasion, and that's Mister Marv Levy. Marv. I feel like I can think of four times he didn't rise to the occasion, but whatever. Yeah, send it over there. 
<laughs> the man is 90 plus years old. Why do you have to kick him when he's down like that? <laughs> it was a long time ago. We're all over it. He, he probably doesn't remember. Do you think... Golden generation. <laughs> the thing about Marv is that he's like the only legend, I feel like, who hasn't uh, sort of like had their name sullied in some way. Oh, sure. You know, everyone's like, now we've grown up and we're like, oh yeah, but this player was... Marv is the purest way. thing we have. In yeah, the Marv, is the pure, Marv is the one who stays pure. Yes. I mean, he could have easily went the Russ Brandon route. But no, Marv, heart of gold. Well, he did in the sense that he was GM like Russ Brandon. So <laughs> I'm talking non-football things. But anyway. Oh, I got gotcha. you. What do you yeah. What do you say we yeah. send it to Marv? Okay, yeah. Send it great over power comes great responsibility. <laughs> Marv is the best. That's right. Uh, let's send it to Marv. We will be back after the go, break. Go. Bills fight, Bills go. Come on, let's win for Buffalo. And we are back. Listeners, viewers, if you haven't yet, hit that like, comment. We love comments. We want this to be a big comment episode. So tell us how you're feeling. Tell us your thoughts about the Bills players as we get into it here. Uh, Tony, listeners, viewers, we have to start off the whole game review the same way we start off every week. Our last one of the season, the So Bad It's Good review. Tony, I thought I'd do it a little differently this time around. I read your notes, and I was curious about what any of this meant. So I'm very, I'm looking forward to this performance. And I will say there are 27 lists, the viewers out there and hundreds to thousands more in posterity who should also be looking forward to this performance. So I'm just going to sit back here, my... in, here in seat six. All right. I got I to gotta get into, I got to take relax. two seconds to get into character. Vamp, vamp for a little bit. I don't really know what vamp means, but I guess it's podcast talk for something. Matt has gone off screen for the first time in the history of this show. I know what to expect is something. I feel like he's going to come back something uh, from sort of a, a beatnik era uh, is what I am thinking. Slam poetry, Matt. Yes. This is my prison mic moment. This is my prison mic moment. Slam you poetry, Matt. I'm, I'm in a sad state of affairs. When you came back, you looked Here a little bit like Josh McDaniels. Or Josh McDaniels. <laughs> or no, uh, uh, what's his name? Mike McDaniel. Yeah, Mike McDaniel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if I can only have Capri's, I can only pull him off as well as he does. All right, you ready to go here? Divisional like round Mike McDaniel wear the shirt I'm wearing. Yeah, okay, go ahead. I'm ready. All right, Sadness Factory, begin. Here we go. Divisional round. In the shadows of the vault, their tears silently fall. Josh Allen and the Bills, dreams in their gaze, crushed by the Chiefs in another heart-wrenching process phase. On the frozen field where hope once stood tall, now lies shattered like he will breaking through a wall. Allen's passes, a symphony of despair, falling short in the frigid air. Bills Mafia, their cheers turned to cries as victory slipped away like Swifties goodbyes. A shirtless Kelsey, not haunted by regret, getting embraced by the opposition, a moment they will never forget. Oh, the ache in Buffalo, a city's lament, as the Chiefs celebrated, leaving sorrow unspent. A Bills field goal, a cruel twist of fate, 
leaving fans disheartened as they exit through the stadium gate. But let's not forget the passion that burns in the hearts of players and Josh Norman's ferns. The agony of defeat, a bitter pill to swallow. In sorrow and digs cryptic tweets to follow. In sounds of a loss, a sad, sad song for the Bills who fought so valiantly and strong. Maybe now they will bring back the table of ping pong. In defeat's aftermath, a spirit renewed. But in pain, sadness, despair, agony, grief, misery, the Bills once again lose. 24-27. And that's the So Bad, It's Good review. Final one of the season. Snaps all around. Snap, snap, snaps. <laughs> Tony, thoughts? What do you think about snaps with, uh, with like, your ring finger and your middle finger? Uh, and your forefinger. Yeah. Isn't that how you always snap? Is it? Like, like one, two, like, I'm doing three snaps with three different fingers here. Oh, well, that's just talent. My goodness. I think Isaiah I should McKenzie, go. McKenzie, look out. America's Good Talent's got a new Bills member. I think I'm going to enter some open mics just as an audience member. <laughs> just a snap? Yeah, just a snap. Like, we should do that instead of the shouts. Instead of the shouts. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Just yeah, after yeah, touchdowns, just a stadium full of snaps. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's shouting. I'm just sitting nonchalantly. <laughs> oh, that would be very funny. The poem funny. was yeah. all of us. And it was really yeah, good. I was I was really thrown you. off when you changed the I was really thrown off when you changed the rhyme scheme to add in that table of ping pong. Yeah, I switched it up a little. But it was not perfect. It was there. No Robert no, Frost over no, here. No, 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 no. It was it, it would have been boring otherwise. It would have oh, been predictable. You. It would have been high school. This is artistry, is what I saw. But you let the art take you. You didn't take the art. I did. I let the art flow through me. That's what it's about. I wish you put the. Uh, I wish the uh, scarf was back on. I don't know why that came off. I know. I kind of regret taking it off. I thought it was a yeah. decent look. Mm-hmm. Very decent. Um, <laughs> let's get into the game, though. Um, just you gonna turn off the music or what? Is the music not off? I thought it turned off. Oh, my bad, there we everyone. Go. Well, you get some good music on the back end. <laughs> Sorry about that. I must have not turned it off. I thought I did. Anyway, uh, roller coaster of a game again. Uh, Tony, you were there. Mm-hmm. You were at the stadium. So give us, as we did last week for the wildcard round, give us our at the stadium vibe checks. Feeling going in, feeling at the tailgate feelings during the game and then of course probably sadness after the game so we don't really need to recap that but maybe just kind of the mood as people walk back to their cars was it you know was it complete despair or was it just kind of acceptance uh tell us tell us your day oh, okay i'll tell you my day uh well i was excited that it was, with the late start i could like have a real morning a breakfast like did some stuff it was fantastic so then uh let's see the vibe in there was uh, routine was business as usual, but I think that that was the, I think there's that, I think that's how the crowd collectively like put it out there externally and conveyed it. Uh, and that is the, but like internally, I think there was a tension and I think yeah. that uh, most of us were feeling, uh, attention, a cautious optimism 
for me, I was just like, I thought, I'm like, I don't, I didn't feel like we were going to win, but I did not feel like we were going to lose. And that meant more to me than feeling like we were going to, than feeling like maybe we would win. Because I feel like when it's, I feel like when it's the last of something, the end of an era, Mm -hmm. I feel like when it's, uh, the, the last time someone will do something or the last time I do something, I feel like you kind of get like a, you kind of get a vibe in there. You kind of get like a graduation goggles thing. And yeah, I can just kind of like kind of tell, even if it's not official and just feel like, I think this is it. Uh, I did not have that feeling. So I thought hope existed and going into the game, I thought everyone's predicting this is going to be like insanely loud and raucous. I was predicting it was going to be about the equivalent of the Steelers game. Yeah. To me, it was probably about the equivalent of the Steelers game. It was like, I think at this point in the season, everyone who's in that stadium is a veteran of being a member of the 12th man. Uh, everyone knew what they're doing. Everyone knows where their limits are. Everyone knows what's going on. I had fantastic people around me. Um, I would say like that was very exciting. And, and of any game that I went to this season, the most, uh, the most like, Bills fans, the, the fewest away fans. It was it was all Bills yeah. in there. Very very few Chiefs fans. So that was great. I don't know. We took care of business. We did our business. Everyone at halftime was tense but cautiously optimistic. Everyone was cautiously optimistic until it started to feel like it fell apart, and then started to feel like it fell apart. But then even afterwards, I think the vibe was that's the way it goes sometimes. You know, I di- I didn't see any. I don't think that we were sent on enough of an up and down roller coaster to be incredibly uh, moved by it. I think it was just like, yeah, like you could find your way into blaming Tyler Bass. Yeah, you could find your way into being like they didn't execute this or that. Some stupid moves here and there, some bad calls here and there. But was any of it like the thing that we're going to leech onto and say that was bullshit? I don't know if any of it is there enough. I don't know if any of that exists enough to do that. So the attitude in the parking lot was just like, yeah, that sucks. But my attitude was that, you know, every team ends their season disappointed except for one. And so most of the time, vast, most vast majority of the time, you're going to end up with this disappointing night. And that's going to yeah. enter you into the off season and that's sports. You mentioned the moment you thought it was over. You felt in the stadium felt it was over. What was that moment for you? Was it the DeMar Hamlin fake punt? No. Um, I, I kind of thought, I, I mean, I wanted to believe a few plays before that. I wanted to be- believe since the fumble but well before the fumble, I was like, this is, this isn't happening. This, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't, the, the Chiefs fumble through the end zone is what I mean. The Michael Hardman fumble. Uh, yeah. Well before that, I was like, I can tell this isn't happening. Like we, we don't have it anymore. We're not, we're not bringing the juice anymore and that's not going to be good enough anymore. Um, I would say I, so I don't know. Sometime during that drive, I would say when we punted, when we punted towards that drive, I guess, is 
when we did that. I, yeah. I don't know. It's 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 hazy. It's hazy. Did you feel like this whole game was just against the Bills, despite it being at home? Like oh. all the attention was Taylor Swift, Jason Kelsey, uh, that ego hog, for lack of a better phrase, Peppa Pig. Like oh. the um, the like it, it felt like it should have been like a Bills celebration. It was just like all these yeah. Chiefs things going on. Like it feel, felt like the Chiefs really came into Orchard Park. Maybe not their fan base, as you mentioned, but just the the media attention around it, especially as the game started of just who's there, what are we going to put the cameras on? Yep. Uh, the what stars are the talking are out. points? Yeah, it just felt like, not not to be like this guy, but the NFL kind of wanted the Chiefs to win. <laughs> Um, I don't know that they did, but maybe they did. I don't know. I would say there, I would say my attitude about, about that is that there's like, a all the storylines followed, followed the Chiefs, I think. And there was a lot going on with this game. I don't know that they wanted it to win. I think that what's going, what's happening with the Chiefs just afforded it to be able to win. And then always underscoring that this is like a revenge game because now they're coming into our house. Uh, as Bruce said, Bruce was the legend of the game. He messed it up a little, but I liked that because of any game I went to this year, only one person did it fully and correctly. So it was, um, I don't know. Everything was Drew Bledsoe. <laughs> no, Drew Bledsoe was the word. <laughs> Every, everything was, everything was, was off. I was concerned, and I blame and and I blame us, Matt. I blame you and me, as a, as any real Bills fan does, because this we brought the podcast out of my basement and out of your right. side room. And what do you expect when you break a routine like that? Not broadcasting from seats five and six down here in my basement, uh, but going on twenty five thousand arm reps. Come on, exactly. I thought yeah, I was gonna like. So you were exhausted. I think we should we should have started the show like our White Goodman moment. Another Ben Stiller reference. I don't know why I'm on a Ben Stiller kick today, but uh, like White Goodman at the end of Dodgeball, just like sitting yeah. on the couch, just like mm -hmm. eating away his feelings. <laughs> like, yeah. We we worked out last week and now we're in shape, and a week later we're just a mess. In some senses, yeah. So breaking that routine did a question, you know. Questionable order of my pants layers. A million things happened. <laughs> so many questions. So it's many out, yeah. choices. So many questions that can only you be answered change. in an existential way. We'll never know. Do you think there was a fix to the game, Jay says? Uh, thanks for comments, everyone, by the way. Uh, keep them coming. Uh, no, I don't think there was a fix to the game. I just think just the bills build at the wrong time as they always mm -hmm. do. Listen, it, it comes down to Sean Hockley I, at all, but I don't think it was. No, we never trust say. the Hockley's. I don't trust that whole family. Right. Ed pipes Hockley, his dad, Sean Hockley. <laughs> oh, mid show. Tony sneeze. Pause. <laughs> good. All right. <laughs> you good. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. That's like, a, that's becoming a weekly thing. Is it? Did I sneeze last week? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Well, that's uh, anyway, uh, the Hockleys. <laughs> maybe, maybe you need a humidifier in in whatever room you're in. 
Uh, the Hockleys <laughs> have something against the Bills. We know that. But it just, I don't know. Like, if you want to look at it glass half full, it's like this team is like three plays away from really getting over the hump. It's a Stefan Diggs catch. It's mm-hmm. a Josh decision there. It's a it's whatever here. Like it's a one defensive stop in any of these games, please. Just one defensive stop. Like, is that right. so much to ask? Uh the Chiefs had five total third downs this whole game. Yes, they were one for five on third down. Great. He also didn't cause any third downs. Right. Uh for them to be successful or unsuccessful at. So it was just it it's just the bills build at the wrong time. And um, I, I don't know. It, that's the glass half full approach. The glass half empty approach is what I said earlier. It's just, this team is never going to get by the chiefs. Andy Reid's always going to outcoach Sean McDermott and n- anonymous random players are going to step up and make a play, whether it's Marta Velda scaling or whatever his name is, Velda scaling, making a, a catch or McCole Hardman making a play like, that's the other thing is like the the talk is like oh Josh needs more weapons like well what weapons does Josh not have that Patrick Mahomes does have when you when you compare the two I was thinking about that Josh has much better weapons right here and right now than Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs do but the Chiefs just find a way to win it's it's just the the like I said the billsiest things happening at happening at the billsiest times. It's Deion Dawkins getting pushed back for the first time in the whole game into Josh Allen. When if he just held his block for one more second or held his ground for one more second, Josh hits he will clue Shakir in the end zone, can get that mm-hmm. ball there. Like it's just the most inop- inopportune times that these stuff this these things happen against this team. And it's just like I said, time's the flat circle. It, it, it's just is what it is. Like, I just, I'll believe it when I see it. I'm sorry. Like, we're just always going to bills it up at the wrong times against this team. And it's not going to get easier. That's the thing. It's not going to get easier. Joe Burrow wasn't in the picture this time around or the Bengals. And not to say like anything fluky or whatever variable couldn't happen. Like Patrick Mahomes very well could get hurt. Josh Allen could get hurt next year. Like we don't know what variables or what the future holds for any of these teams. But this year it was Joe Burrow, Cincinnati, not in the playoffs. Justin Herbert, Chargers, not in the playoffs. Also have a new coach in Jim Harbaugh, which you got to think they're pretty pumped up for. So you got to think mm-hmm. they're back in the mix. C.J. Stroud now and the Texans making strides this year. Do they have a sophomore slump? Maybe. We'll see. But it's not getting any easier. The Dolphins are now in the mix, I think, on a fairly consistent basis. Like, If this wasn't the time to beat the Chiefs and get over this hump and possibly make a Super Bowl – I'm not saying the window's closing because I'll never say that as long as Josh Allen is our quarterback, but it's not an easy road and it probably won't get easier as the years go by here. So that that's, that's the, that's the gut punch for me. It's like, this is the scenario we wanted. We wanted the chiefs at home. Finally, we wanted the chiefs in a depleted state. This isn't the same chiefs of yesteryears with, Tyreek Hill and an unstoppable offense run by Eric Bieniemy. Like this Chiefs offense was kind of mediocre this year. Yes, they had a better defense, but 
you look at the stats of this game, Josh Allen was incredible against a better Chiefs defense. Like it always just comes down to two or three plays. I'm not saying Tyler Bass's kick would have been that one or two things that needed to be happened because the Chiefs could have very well marched down the field and scored. But it's just it 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 just they bills. They bills it up at the wrong times. So that's my rant. I don't know. That's this is gonna be a very for the next half hour, a very like just it's ranty, cathartic. like go off on tangents. Because that mm-hmm. that's well, yeah, that's what that's a mood I'm in. <laughs> There's no rhyme or reason to anything that comes the out mood of mood we're mind. all in, Matt. That's how it goes. That's what the end of the season means for all of us. But it means something different to all of us as well. So really it's um do the Chiefs have this? I don't know. I think the big difference between the Bills and the Chiefs is A was two factors. A our our respective healths, health, healths, the status of our health, Hells the status of each team's v. health. He, what? Hells with a V. Yeah. The yeah, status sure. of the status of the health of each team and the schemes of each team. I will say now you you said the sentence Andy Reid is always going to outcoach Sean McDermott. I don't choose to put it that way, but I choose it to put it as Andy Reid's staff will always outcoach Sean McDermott's staff because sure. I'm like I put because I put a lot of this on Joe Brady. Um, really? Because I was okay. not impressed with the offense in this game. I was not impressed with the play calling in this game. I thought it was incredibly predictable. Uh, yep. And then when and it took Joe Brady too long to realize that they realized we're going to run the same three concepts over and over of run up the middle, pass into the flat, third down pass at the line to Kincaid. It was that every single time. And then it took Joe Brady way too long to realize that they, that they caught on. Like I need an offensive coordinator who is one step ahead of them of saying they're going to catch on at this point. So I need to be one step ahead of that instead of having two, you know, unsuccessful drives or, or whatever. So I, I don't know. I didn't, I did not like that. I thought that a lot of players were underutilized. Obviously Shakir had a lot of production Obviously, Josh carried the whole thing. We agreed on that. Steph, okay. Um, a lot of, you know, <laughs> the Gabe Davis factor was a piece, was maybe a piece to that. And I only say that because Gabe so. tends to step up against the Chiefs. Um, right. And good blocking. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. I, there, were, there were a lot of moments that I'm just like, that's what you're going to do. Like, that's it. Come on. Like, uh, I, I would have liked to see a little bit more excitement out of the offense and, and a little bit less, uh, not methodical, but a little bit less fear out of the offense. It, it, it was it was an offensive play calling scheme that did tend to see like the trope on McDermott of that we're playing not to lose Scared, instead of yeah. playing to win. Now then, similarly, who do I put? The, the biggest collapse of any Bills unit was the special teams. Towards the end, fourth quarter, special teams. If you're going to put Disaster. it on any coach, like Smiley, I'm frowning. I'm frowning at Smiley. I'm, <laughs> I'm grimacing. I'm we grimacing all at Smiley. Yes. Like that run to Hamlin 
we all got it from that. And I said, I was like, oh, we're punting. Like, this kind of sucks. And I was like, well, maybe it's a fake. And then it was the worst fake I've ever seen. Like, it was. <laughs> right. It was. Like, so, Colt Anderson should be out there. <laughs> yes. Like, give me anything. Like, if you're going to do, if you're going to go for it on fourth and four, put that yeah, ball. Just leave your, your offense out there. Hands. Yeah. Just leave your offense out yeah. there. Yeah. Don't try to trick anybody right. with this. Like, this is, this is silly. It was the wrong it's, play at the wrong time, a dumb play at an important time. I hate fake punt runs. I love fake punt yes. passes. Right. Brian Mormon was great at the fake punt Absolutely. kick passes. It, we, all, we all remember those as, as incredible. And he plays. ran them to Ryan Dennehy. That's how much they worked. You could run That's them with I'm Ryan saying. Dennehy, the most bland, forgettable guy ever right. to put on a Bills uniform. And, and Brian was awesome. Mormon was in town. What? We could have put him out there. And we needed a punter because Sam Martin was hurt. That's what I'm saying. Where how old's Brian Mormon? Like 52? Brandon Bean. Brandon Bean. Where are you on yeah. this one? Paging dot paging Mr. Bean. So <laughs> the so I don't know. That was awful. The and then everything that the special teams unit was doing was not great. Like so I blame a lot on that. Really. So right. and I say this because, you know, there's a lot of people saying McDermott can't get us over the hump. McDermott can't do this. McDermott can't do that. We're, we've reached our ceiling on McDermott. It's not all on McDermott. There's a lot of it. Like the defense is the thing we're worried about the least. If anything, like McDermott is of the three coordinators. McDermott is the one I'm least worried about. All you need is, it seems like is, is a, you know, is to get lucky, I guess, on the next innovative offensive coordinator and all of a sudden we're cooking i i don't know let's start with the fake punt agree it was the worst play at the worst time if you are going to do that like people are like people are like if i may interrupt feel like mcdermott's mcdermott's fake punt was a fireball offense is it mcdermott's fake punt i bet you he did not design that play I bet you he's also right. not in charge of special teams that does virtually nothing with them. So, and I bet you all he said was, but he is the I, decision maker in the end. Well, yeah, but at ma- at max, you know, all he said was either run that fake punt, or he said we're gonna go for it. And Smiley said, "Let's do a fake. Let's do this fake punt that I have." It's it was. It was dumb. I guess we'll never know. It was just the dumbest thing. It was yeah, dumb. I guess we'll it never know. It was. It's just like the squib kick, thirteen seconds. Like we'll never know who's mm-hmm. to blame. But he, who was, who was the special teams coordinator? Heath Farwell at the time. Was that his name? That's name was sounds that made name? up, but it might be it. <laughs> I think it was. Why would if I were to make up a name, Heath Farwell is like really clever made up name. <laughs> I think the name Heath. Whenever I hear the name Heath, so maybe because I, I had think, a Heath candy bar. This, this sounds afternoon. like a made-up name. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like I'm just making up names based on what I see around me. Like, oh yeah, it's yeah. Heath Government Review. You know, Heath, Heath candy Government bar. Review? Yeah, right. It's the usual suspects, right? It's and I saw a well from yeah. far away today driving. Like. That's how I came up with the name. No, uh, dumbest play. If you're going to run that play and you decide to run that play. Why DeMar Hamlin? Not only are you asking DeMar Hamlin to get on a fourth, and I think it was five at the time, he's now taking the snap 10, 11 yards back. Now you're asking him to get 10 yards. Just put any kind of 
weapon back there and disguise it at least like maybe disguise it and don't run the fake pun or maybe if you do realize they have 10 guys out there which i believe they did the chiefs did maybe you put deontay hardy back there or you put Mm -hmm. trent sherfield i'm guessing the special teams players of the chiefs aren't like taking vigorous notes on like okay this guy's out here and this guy's not and this guy's in this position and this guy's not like this this isn't right it might be a fake i don't know in that moment i don't think the chiefs players are going to be that akin to what is going on mm-hmm. also don't run that play to the short side of the field it's right. very dumb like do it in space like run him out and then give him an option to pass like just do something else if the if you run into the far side of the field and the space is there to take off for a first down and run, great. If it's not there and you're like, oh, shit, we're screwed, maybe he can throw it up to someone else. Give him an option. You did nothing of the sort. It was dead from the beginning. It was Colt Anderson and the cheat and the Colts. Like Google, Google YouTube that play, the worst special teams play ever, Colt Anderson and the, and the Colts. Um, former Bill Gray, Colt Anderson, of course. Uh, sure. It was just the worst time. Um, and then in terms of Sean McDermott's name, yes, it had to be a factor in there, right? Had to be. Like Courtney I mean, Brown, this is coming. When, like when the Browns. This is coming from Brown. the podcast that wants but, us to sign Bumper Pool based on his name. Yeah, but Bumper Pool was good. He's an exciting player. Bumper Pool is great. Get him on. Where, where's his future reserves contract? That also, is with the Colts. Bumper pool? Oh, no, Jojo no, no. Doman. Oh, yeah, Jojo Doman. That's right. Yeah, Jojo Doman. Gosh, you're like the I biggest Jojo, Jojo Doman fan ever. I, yeah, I still am. Just forgot his name briefly. <laughs> As we all do when we're big fans of someone. What's that quarterback we have? I don't know. Forgot his name. John Ballin. John. Yeah, that's right. Um, I don't know. Like, no, McDermott doesn't feel like he's to blame yes the injuries did seem to play a huge factor oh for sure uh razul douglas was not a hundred percent you could very well tell he was not Mm -hmm. full speed usually trailing behind the plays um aj klein while a nice story in the wild card round got woefully exposed this game they went after him right from the jump and especially in the passing game where he is as we've seen throughout AJ Klein's Bills career, not very strong in pass coverage. Uh, they took advantage of that. Travis Kelsey had a huge game, which is kind of a rarity for Travis Kelsey this season. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Like, you obviously didn't have Rap. You obviously didn't have Christian Benford. Who's just asking for two to three stops, just like I do in every. Chiefs playoff game we play. It seems like we can just not do anything to stop the Chiefs, whether it's getting to Patrick Mahomes and finishing plays, whether it's covering maybe the one guy we should cover in Travis Kelsey. Sean McDermott just has never figured out how to cover Travis Kelsey or how to make adjustments to covering Travis Kelsey in any playoff game we play the Chiefs, it seems like. Um, I don't know. Like, I do put this one on McDermott. Like, it felt like it felt like it was there. You just needed two stops, and you yeah, can't but do that's, it. Like, I mean, they they punted once. They had five third downs. 
I should put it this way. The defensive line was non-existent. The defensive line was non-existent. I should put it this way. I don't put it on McDermott's decisions. I put it, I put it more towards execution than I do put it on McDermott's decisions. And I put it more on scheme, scheme availability than I do put it on McDermott's like in the moment decisions. Uh, I think that the defensive line was maybe like you, anything that we say that's like who would, whoever didn't execute, whoever needed to be better, even one of them could have been the two or three stops that we're talking about. That would have been the difference yeah. maker. Uh, whether it was that if only the defensive line s- stepped up a little bit, if it was, if only Milano hadn't gotten injured, if only Douglas hadn't gotten injured, if only Raph hadn't gotten injured, we if only Gabe Davis was there, if uh, you know, like the whole, the whole injury list, if it was, if only we, went for it on fourth down just with the offense instead of with the special teams. If only the wind didn't blow in that particular moment to throw off Tyler Bass and get in his head and do whatever. If only the uh, halftime show wasn't flag football teams scrimmaging. Okay, can we t- just pause for a second? Can we talk about this? We're pausing, okay. Halftime shows, maybe... The biggest reason for the Bills' playoff collapse is the past couple seasons. Last year we had the very disappointing speed painter. This year oh, we that had was rough. <laughs> this year we had violin players. Last week, oh, I forgot all about that. Yeah, that was that was rough. And that survivor guy. It is, it is the playoffs, Buffalo Bills. You need to bring it in all phases. Not only the players on the field, not only the pregame hype, but also halftime. Halftime shows. You gave us the great Corgi races weeks ago. You never match that level. You never match Corgi level. Whether it's a speed painter last year, whether it's violin players this year, Mm -hmm. we need better halftime shows. We got to keep the energy up. These halftime shows are killing us. How do you do it? How do you do it in the playoffs? How do you do it? Like you only know, you only know the situation of how to book them like six days before. I, I don't know. You need a better act. You got to fit. Yeah. You, you got to have someone. Give me like have someone on call. Give me, give me superstars. Give me trampoline dunkers. You think you're booking like, the super. You think you're booking the superstars six days in advance. What am I hearing? Have you ever you seen the, the superstars? Su- the zoop- yeah. You think the superstars Magic. are waiting around to be booked six days later. That takes months. Blow them up and get out there. Months, months. The superstars have things going on. Give me that like mentalist guy who's always on hard knocks. Give me something like that. I don't know what you're talking about, but I love mentalism as an entertainment piece. So blow my mind. Like, yeah, do something. Violin players, speed painters, super talented. Never going to discredit that. Not enough energy for playoff atmosphere. I'm sorry. No. There you go. Roy. Perfect. Taylor Swift was there. Yeah. She usually performs for free. Just get her the Uh, money. How about a. How about a mascot game? Peppa Pig is there. You don't want to see mascots That's a good point. and Peppa That's Pig a good point. tackling Peppa Pig was, a peewee football team. That is a good point. Get Peppa Pig involved. Peppa Pig hits the all Heisman. Do, just have Peppa Pig race on Little Billy. Like, that's all I need. <laughs> yeah, that would have been great. I will. I will always. I will always stand for uh, mascot versus peewee football team halftime games. Yeah, that is just pure entertainment. 
Yeah, that's, that's the kind of energy you need in the playoffs. You can get away with any, you can get away with murder in one of those games. The liability, <laughs> liabilities don't exist in those games. Yeah, these kids are not filling out waivers. These mascots are having their moment because they're anonymous. They're not showing their faces. They can right. go stiff arm little seven year old Billy into the earth, Derrick yeah. Henry, Josh Norman style, and get away with it. <laughs> like, and they will, and they should. And they will, and they will, and they should. Um, so I thought the defensive line was a huge disappointment. And mm-hmm. somebody mentioned in the comments here, was it Jared? Yeah, defensive line was healthy, and it got destroyed. That's a great point. Yeah. The defensive yeah. line unit was the only healthy unit out there. And I thought Daquan yeah. Jones had a great game. And again, like, extend Daquan Jones, please. That should have happened the minute Last you walked year. off the field. Yeah, right. <laughs> that guy is really, really good. And we'll get into free agents, pending free agents for the Bills next week. Um, but, like, Ed Oliver had one of the worst games I've seen him play. A.J. Epinesa and Leonard Floyd, again, just ghosts. Do you know, like, the both of them combined? I put it on Twitter this week as to, like, who I want back and who I don't. A.J. Epinesa and Leonard Floyd, the past eight weeks, playoffs included, Two and a half sacks total. Oh, one geez. for Floyd, one and a half for AJ Epinesa. Awful. Hmm. They were the Gabe Davis really of the defense, off. putting up zeros on that stat sheet. Yeah, that's shocking. I don't want those guys back. After that like, strong start, that, we were so impressed. Yeah. 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 Again, like you mentioned, like the Bills, like week 18 is just the plateau is the peak. Mm-hmm. Um, but two and a half sacks total for eight weeks. That's especially when you have a non-existent Vaughn when Shaq Lawson's not really the pass rusher get to the quarterback collapse the pocket mm-hmm. guy like Greg Rousseau is I don't know like I like Greg Rousseau but I just I think Brandon Bean again tangent wild tangent here uh Brandon Bean this just, is about to be a hot take that I cannot handle okay go on he just needs to change his philosophy when it comes to edge rushers like get stop with the size technique bull rush guy give me the quick twitch bend speed collapses the pocket puts pressure on the quarterback every snap kind of guy like it's the philosophy just needs to change no more aj epinesas and leonard Floyd is kind of that but he's kind of getting old now and he's got some tread on the tires uh in terms of bendy and speed guys like he used to be that when he was in his in his early years but you know as we saw towards the later Mm -hmm. end of the season here he kind of fell off um, but give me just the f- speed dudes. They don't need to be 270, 63, like 240. Like, just give me guys who can every snap be a threat to get to the quarterback in some way. Like, that's what it comes down to to me is like, I'm done with the AJ Epinesas. I'm done with the Gregory Rousseau's, even though I like Rousseau, uh, more than Epinesa. I, I just need a whole new philosophy from Brandon Bean when it comes to edge rushers. And I really think he's going to target edge rusher in the draft coming up here because I don't know if you re-sign Floyd. I don't know if you re-sign Epinesa. So that's my whole rant about yeah. the defensive edges. Especially. I mean, we'll, yeah. We'll talk about like, we'll talk about signings and not signings, but it is very interesting. What? Cause it is very interesting because so many players had hot streaks and cold streaks this year. And so it truly is like, it's going to be some weird decisions and some tough decisions. But also yeah. a lot of that could be, you know, some of that's also injuries that we don't even know about. Yeah, and we probably never will know about. Yeah, I mean, we never will. 
A lot and of that's people. fine. Yeah. I mean, they're going to, they're especially on the defensive side. Yes, they need a number one receiver or mm. not a number one receiver, but Diggs is the number one receiver. I still think Diggs is very good. Uh, they need another weapon as Dalton Kincaid evolves. Another multiple give me, weapons. Do they on offense? I don't you know. Just want a, you just want another outside receiver that's not Gabe. Is that all you're saying you want? Yeah, give me a boundary receiver. Yeah, give me a boundary receiver who doesn't have zero catches, zero Because in, in the slot, obviously, you're satisfied with Shakir. 50% of his games. Yeah, Shakir's the slot guy. So if you go right. Diggs, Kincaid, Shakir, you're kind of set. Cook. Mark. Uh-huh. When Cook hits the jugs machine this summer, I wish, please, every day, James Cook, like your Michael Jordan shooting free throws. Like, right. Do 100 jugs machine catches. Like He has the most timely drops uh and not in a good way um i could go anything for else more, like i go for another like yeah. x-factor kind of guy that's not hardy well we do have hardy under contract one more year right i believe yeah that's fine whatever I, but I like a different kind of like yeah like i just watch like guys like zay zay flowers and i'm just like go give me a zay flowers yeah like that dude or so you the, want the a receiver class? Receiver You're bouncing all over the place at this point, man. Yeah, Flowers isn't really a slot. He's kind of in the Tyree Kill mold to me. I don't. He doesn't feel like well, a that's pure how they slot use guy. That's scheme. That's what I've been trying to say. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. just give me a uber talented guy. If you looked at this year's draft class, like Zay Flowers, Tank Dell, like those kind of guys who are mm-hmm. just dogs who just get after it and know uh, have have a diverse route tree and. Uh, can get open in multiple places on the field and, and mm-hmm. multiple levels on the field. Like, don't just give me like the Gabe Davis kind of limited guy, like who might potentially become something. Like, give me the guy who's super good now, and, and right. we're going to draft stuff later on in the coming weeks here. But um, yeah, number two weapon. But I feel like besides that number two wide receiver weapon. It's going to be all defense. Like there are so many holes on this defense. Yeah, I know. I think Micah yeah. Hyde retires. Jordan Poyer's in his last year, and you know was hit or miss this year. Isn't good. Uh, yeah, the linebacking core was decimated at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Milano comes back, hopefully to his All Pro self. But and you run with Bernard, and you run with Doran Williams. But you know that's secondary. The defense, the defense needs to be just well. You know, with a youth this, movement I mean, here. And on the defense, and you know, so many contracts are inspiring on the D line, so that's going to be heavy turnover in that respect, right. also. And Oliver and is Trey currently is the, the only mark. guy under right. contract defensive right. tackle. Trey's a huge question too. Yeah, and we're going to need a new number four safety slash running back. <laughs> Tamar Hamlin, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, somebody put it in the comments. I want to get to that one. They said, like, we know why they gave the ball to DeMar. Yeah, it was Cole here. We know why it was yeah, Hamlin. They crossed my mind. Did that cross your mind? Uh, yeah, yeah. All the talk here? about, like, comeback player of the year. It's like, give him one highlight play. Right. There was a lot of there was a lot of things on the internet of, like, videos of, like, a kid at a, at a college game who, like, suits up and they let him run into the end zone. It's like that. Oh, that's right. what McDermott was hoping for when they handed it off to Hamlin. Just like yeah. the C's part. And he's just like, go ahead, DeMar. This is your moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately not. But um, yeah, any other like notable disappointments? Like Steph Diggs, like, again, just kind of disappearing. 
in a crucial game. And I agree with you. Like you, you brought up Joe Brady's scheme and how the offense was run this game. And I didn't like it either. I think Joe Brady's done a really good job at adapting midseason a Ken Dorsey playbook and a Ken Dorsey mm-hmm. offense and kind of just modernizing it a little with very simple things like pre-snap motion and right. crossing routes. I, the the missed throw to Shakir in the end zone at the end of the game. Like Diggs was coming across wide open pretty much. Yes, there's safeties bearing down on him if you look at the all 22, but like that was the safe play. Um but again like Diggs throughout the offseason was just chirping and cryptic and whatever and there was a sense of disappointment or anger or frustration, whatever you thought was coming from Diggs. Your moment was there, buddy. Like you got to step up. And when you don't step up, I don't need you to be like "Eh, this close. Like, no, make that play. Like that's the play they've been missing all season is that home run play. They haven't hit on barely any of those. Yeah. So while yes, I was disappointed with, Joe Brady and throwing 16 times behind the line to scrimmage, which was absurd considering Josh was getting all day. The offensive line was holding up very well to give him time to go through progressions time for guys to run their route trees to their full uh, and for him to find those guys Uh, guys needed to execute Trent Shurfield. I know you're haven't been a focal point of this offense all season, but your number's called. I need you to step up. Stefan Diggs, mm-hmm. I need you to make a catch. I don't need you to go like this. I need you to go like, yeah, that was on me. I need to make that play. I don't know. I'm, I, I'm, there's a lot of disappointment around. Um, so I don't know what, when we look at the offense as a whole, like, do you think Joe Brady is the right guy for the job? Obviously, they interviewed him today, um, first round of interviews, but. Do you think they just go with Joe Brady moving forward? Uh, I think that's the way it's going to shake out, but I'm like, you know, I'm obviously I'm looking elsewhere. I'm looking to see what else is out there. I'm intrigued by what else is out there or I'm intrigued by the concept of there being something else out there. I should say. Uh, But right now, Joe, I guess I would be like disappointed if it ends up being Joe Brady, even though I think that's the way it's going to be. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, I think he's simplistic. I think that he's too slow to adjust. I think that he is, I think that the offense is boring, even though it, like, it gets the job done. Like, it gets the production necessary, but I'm missing the fireworks that we know Allen can, can launch. Um, yeah. That's I, um, I yeah, that's kind of what I'm looking at. I mean, you look at like you look at like a Detroit and they they know how to utilize their weapons. And that's when but you also look at that as like, yeah, like you just got to hit like I said earlier in the show, like you just got to hit on the innovative up and coming offensive coordinator. And Joe Brady, I just kind of don't think he's that. So I'm I'm seeing what else is out there, but in some ways, I'm also like a little intrigued by a veteran proven offensive coordinator, like a fired head coach who's an offensive background guy. In some ways, I don't want that. I don't know. Like in, in some ways, I, 
in some ways I'm more ample to trust that than taking the ga- a gamble on a different, on an, on an up and comer, you know? See, I, I am what so... we know because we know that like with the, it's more likely I feel like with those veteran proven offensive coordinators that you put them with like a great quarterback and it just like it ends up working and it's fine. And I mean, for for me to for you to have Josh and for you to only produce what you did, that's like the scariest part when I'm looking at like Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers and Nathaniel Hackett is an imbecile and like, <laughs> that's he's true. still, and like, he's still stepping up. But Aaron Rodgers still produces. Play. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Nathaniel Hackett is an imbecile. Yeah. We'll ride that one to the grave. This one we, yeah, uh, Josh Allen's know. passing, passing stats were not great. Uh, 26 for 39. If you're completing 26 passes and you only get 186 yards, like, I don't know. Something's off there, but again, I go back to the point of like, this isn't for what we know and we're Mm -hmm. not an X's and O's show. And there's a lot of great bills shows out there that dive into the X's and O's, but uh, for adapting a Ken Dorsey playbook for um, maybe not having his guys, Joe Brady, that is right. His guys out there uh, or in this scheme. uh, I don't know. I kind of, want to see what he can do and i'm absolutely the opposite of you i would never take a retread coach Mm. Mm -hmm. there seems to be like this club like once you're in it like you get every job in the world like they're the falcons for example just hired raheem morris or speculate to hire raheem morris why we've seen it before he's not a good head coach (laughs) like what what's changed i People are interviewing Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn was a disaster in Atlanta. Like, why are you interviewing him to be a head coach? I, I just, I would never do a retread. Give me, I would take every shot at an up and coming, forward thinking, progressive mm-hmm. Mike McDaniel type guy in the offense's case. Like, Mike <laughs> McDaniel is doing that right now in Miami with the defense. Right. It's like, three years of just retread guys, Vic Fangio, whoever else. Mm-hmm. Uh, just doesn't work like and he's in the GM Chris Greer fired him every single year like we're on the fourth straight defensive coach in the fourth year straight year for Miami so I just I think the Bills are in a tough position mm-hmm. because if they do hire a guy who is up and coming like a Bobby Babbage to be defensive coordinator which I think they're gonna have to give him that title or he's gonna get scooped up either yeah. if it's not this year definitely next year we see Eric Washington who I'm not a fan of. I think you're a little more uh, warm to him than I am. But yeah, I'm not that with warm. Chicago recently. I, I, I okay. Well, we agree then. Um, yeah. Like, give me, give me that new, fresh mind who has new ideas, who can mm-hmm. evolve the and game. It, and um, in some ways, don't you think it's just like because. It's cr- like it's too. It's the same scheme that Josh has always been in. Like this is always, this is real. Like we br- brought Dorsey in on continuity from Dave being, being gone. We're continuing with that continuity with basically uh, Brady calling Dorsey's plays or some version of that. And now right. you're telling me like we're just gonna like in some ways you just want to like 
in some ways, if your argument is we've hit the ceiling with a McDermott, well, I know what's been consistent the whole time that is like, maybe that's the ceiling. Maybe just the offensive scheme is the ceiling. Maybe this Dable Dorsey Brady, you know, continuity, maybe you just need to flush that out, start a new figure, figure out like a blank canvas here. Yeah. I think that's a very good point. And maybe it's just starting anew, like, like the Eagles did when Andy Reid was their coach. Like they made the NFC championship multiple times. It just, they just kind of figured he wasn't the guy to get him over the hump and moved on. Mm-hmm. And it worked out to a degree. They made the Super Bowl and with Doug Peterson and all, you know, and they won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Like who does that? Nobody. Cause Nick Foles is awful. But, um, you know, maybe maybe we just hit Sean McDermott's peak, and he'll never well, get over the hump. I'm, I'm not I, saying that we hit Sean McDermott's peak, man. I'm saying. Oh, that, I thought you were saying that. No, I'm saying that we've hit this oh. offensive scheme's peak. The uh, defense is fine. I don't have. A, I take no issue with the defense. How, how do you not take an issue with the defense when, like, the stats of this game are just abysmal? Like, because that's this game. I'm, I'm gonna. Re- I'm gonna read to I'm you not the hiring last. A defensive re- coordinator for one game. I'm hiring for seasons. Yeah, drop, but the one game he falters on me like that's gonna matter. When we're when, yeah, but the one game he falls in is the one you're eliminated. <laughs> like it ends the season. Okay, cherry pick, cher- cherry pick all you want, but that doesn't mean you hire a new person, Matt. If I, Matt, if if I had in my position, if a principal said to me, Mister Ambrose, your stats are great. Tons of kids are passing the Regents exams. Scores are out of this world for the Regents exam. Like, passing rate super high. But man, that little Maddie Marvelous, he can't pass the Regents exam. He's tried three times. <laughs> he just can't pass the Regents exam. They're not. They're not going to fire me because Matt can't pass the Regents exam. Are you talking about me? Yeah, I'm talking about you. <laughs> Am I Maddie Marvelous? Yeah, you're Maddie Marvelous. That's what they call you. To your face and behind her back. Maddie Marvelous hosting You the said show. you wouldn't bring it up. You said you wouldn't bring up the Regents. <laughs> well, here we are. Here we are. I, I, I'm just saying, like, I'm, I'm not saying move on from McDermott. I'm just saying, like, I think he's a good coach. And I think it's very hard to find a good coach in this league. Uh, I think his record backs it up. I think the, the support he got from the players all throughout his tenure, and especially this year after the Tide On article, uh, and and the job he did, just getting the Bills to the playoffs. Like we were six and six at one point. Mm-hmm. I I never thought, and I thought it was low ball of Travis Kelsey after the game, in the handshake line of you know when he dapped up Josh and be like, I can't believe you guys are here. Like, all right, well we're a good team too, guy. Like you know, okay, don't uh, think we're like some charity case. That's like I can't believe you guys are here, but. To Kelsey's point, like it kind of is unbelievable that we were there yeah. because we were left for dead twelve weeks into the yeah. season, mm-hmm. uh, and they rallied around McDermott and McDermott with through all the injuries on defense, got him to the playoffs and got him to another divisional round. And again, it's tough to make the playoffs. I don't want to sound like a Sean McDermott like clone here of like it's tough to win games in the NFL. It's like, well, yeah, Stick but if you're on. super talented and you're really good and you're good coaching and you scheme right and you know, you should win games in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, the job he did this year was really admirable. <laughs> like more than that, 
because injuries and uh, media and whatever else two, came his way. Doing two jobs. Above. Doing two jobs. Doing two jobs. Yeah. offensive coordinator halfway through the season, dealing with two of those. Insane injuries. A blizzard. You know. Do you we, think he, this, like... This is the conversation we had last year, too, when we were talking about all the adversity that they faced. When we the lost end. to the Chiefs. Yeah. Deja vu. Well, we lost, well, we lost to the Bengals. Oh, the Bengals. Yeah, I'm sorry. Chiefs before that. and Yeah. Divisional round losses. They all, they all blend together at this point. Um, do you think, like, Sean McDermott just kind of, like, loses himself when the pressure is so high? Like, calling for that fake punt or maybe he didn't call for it but again he's the head coach he's the ultimate decision maker he can very well say no we're not doing this Mm -hmm. do you think he just kind of like i have no answers i don't know how to stop it on defense so i'm gonna throw a fake punt in there do you think he just kind of like loses himself and uh i think it's all very situational i don't i don't think that i don't think that i've seen it i don't think that i'm willing to commit to say that i've seen a pattern with that i think it's all very situational and that like in this situation, he was, I think that he did say what you said um, in the sense of like, well, we want to go for it. And I believe in my guys. And I think in some sense, that's, that's a piece of it of he believes in his guys. He believes in his staff. He believes in maintaining like a workplace culture, you know, that he's like, if Smiley wants to do this, I'm going to support him. Um, yeah. And maybe to an extent that. there's a fault with that. Yeah, there's a fault with that. Um, Roy brings up a good point here when we talk about the offensive deficiencies this game. Uh, our, we had zero plays of 20-plus yards. The Chiefs had eight. Like, mm-hmm. it, just, it just can't happen. And, I, and I'm so sick of, to that point, like the end-of-season press conferences of like, well, yeah, we need to get more explosive plays. And last year was like, yeah, we need to get yards after the catch. It's like, right. Yeah, you know this stuff. Like, this has been the trend all season. Mm-hmm. Why are you talking about it now? Talk about it throughout the season and do things to help out. Fix the offense throughout the season to to do that. You know you lacked all, explosive plays all year. Figure out a way to add that during the season if you think that's the path to success. Don't talk about right. it after the season as like, oh, we're going to do that next year. No, do it this year. Because <laughs> that's going to help you this year. Mm-hmm. It drives me nuts. And I know like a lot of the postseason locker cleanout day press conference media portions are just fodder, just like I suspect Sean McDermott's anytime he talks to the media is just kind of him just obliging and saying whatever and nothing, nothing really holds weight of how he thinks or how he approaches things or how he takes this season in this case. Um, But it's like, that those are the those are the sound bites that really get my goat is like if you knew you were not good at this, like figure out a way to, to be good at this during the season if you think that's the path to success. Don't talk about it after the season. I don't want to hear right. about it. It's over. It's too late. Well, I think that was in response to this game, particularly, uh yeah. what you're saying. But I mean that was this game was uh representation of some things that I thought we were lacking, that the offense was not explosive enough, that the defense wasn't deep enough, that the hockey leagues aren't fair enough, 
that the weather isn't forgiving enough. Whatever else we got. <laughs> yeah. The corgis aren't fast enough. The corgis aren't fast enough. <laughs> That's what the title of this episode should be. The corgis aren't fast enough. Yeah, because like that's just there's something beautifully poetic about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Well, zero and one when Peppa Pig comes to the stadium, so mm -hmm. that never needs to happen again. I don't nope. care what Paramount is pushing. I don't need to see. I don't need to see that pig again. Um, this is a good point that Carl made here. Uh, and again, thank you for the comments. If you haven't hit the like, please hit the like, take one second. We really appreciate it. It helps us out a ton. Uh, super chats. If you want to super chat us and, and show us some love, mm -hmm. please, please feel free to do that as well. Uh, Carl says, my biggest fear is that Josh Allen will become modern day Dan Marino. I think I've heard that a lot actually this week, um, where Dan Marino was, the best quarterback of his era, better than Jim Kelly. I'm a Bills fan. I'll still mm -hmm. say it. Uh, and just could never win the big one. He got, at least he got to a Super Bowl, but right. he could never win the big one. That's the thing. I'm it's hearing like, a lot not, of like, we're not Josh using, Allen. It's not just that we're not like achieving what Josh can achieve, but it's that we're not even utilizing Josh to his full potential. He's, he's not like, it's, uh, whatever that's like an office space when they're like we think you're not challenging him enough and not utilizing him to what he's to what he's capable of yeah like that it's the you know we're flooding josh with tps reports here instead of yeah. letting him letting him letting his wings uh come out of the cocoon in full and after sunday we all had a case on the mondays that's for sure that's that's another group yes <laughs> um we could use a lot of office space references like we could smash the game tape like they smashed their fax machines that'd be fun go to Monday like a morning drive for... that'd be, yeah, good, that'd be smash, a good episode smash room would be a great idea smash room. yeah in the new stadium a smash room that's smash a great room idea stadium. Yes. that needs to happen yes mm -hmm. Some place to take out all your frustrations for ten minutes. Yeah. Although giving weapon, although giving weapons to drunk bills mafia is maybe not the best idea, but in a confined space, no, not weapons. Space, no confined. Maybe space it works out. And just bring all the junk from the old stadium over and store it in a room, and then let people yeah. destroy it. That's really going to lift the curse. Is like yeah. we need to finally destroy yeah. the old relics. We can't just of the old we can't stadium. just not use it. We have to exercise the demons out of it. Yes, through destruction. That's, that's what it's going to come down to. Mm -hmm. I like this idea. Like, forget the just freeze baby signs. We need a smash room. Yeah. And Why throw... did they use that slogan? What is it? We had two straight weeks of the stadium being under snow, and you don't use the just freeze baby. It's in your oh, promo. Yeah. Oh yeah, just freeze baby. I wonder if it's I wonder if Legends, the architecture you see company, concept was, uh, art. Right. Yeah. I wonder if I wonder if it's like got uh, trademarked by the by Legends by the architecture company. Yeah, maybe. You know, and they're it like, oh, this like is good. We're gonna trademark art. this right away. Just freeze, Take a look baby. At the promotional concept art. Just freeze, baby. Uh, <laughs> apparently, it's the saying everyone is saying 
uh, these days, which I've never heard anyone say just freeze, baby. But apparently the Bills think it's a thing and want to make it a thing. So uh, I had a lot of moment was there. A moment was there. I had a lot of fun on it when this show, when those uh, when those like sketches came out and we were like, yeah, we both immediately had the same thought of like, what is just freeze, baby? (laughs) Right. We said it like 55 times. Yeah, I mean. Where they did, did it come successfully. from? I don't know. If their goal was to make it a thing, they did successfully do it for us. For a they moment did successfully of time. do it, for sure. Um, we can't go a show without mentioning the He Wolf was howling. Oh. oh, what a play on that touchdown, Josh! Yeah. Incredible throw, incredible yeah. extension of the play, and He Wolf just very uh, amazing He Wolf like concentration. And of course, hashtag he wolf, clueless Shakir. Um, just he is really, we've known it all along, but now everyone, I think, in Bill's Mafia is getting on board of what a revelation this guy is <laughs> as a true weapon that can be utilized. Like mm-hmm. he made uh, not only that catch for a touchdown, but there was another catch earlier in the game for a first down in Chiefs territory. That was like a super low, like, and he just strong hands and just made an incredible catch. Uh, and he's got great hands as he wolves do. They just have the best superpowers ever. Uh, but no, he wolf has been a amazing revelation. He is awesome. Uh, Tony, I know you were howling at the stadium. I was howling at home. Yep. And going into the season, it's like, Yes, Diggs is your pseudo number one, really good number two. Um, maybe you go get a number one. But in terms of that slot position that we've been searching for, that mm-hmm. uh, next Cole Beasley, if you will, or Josh has a safety valve, a guy he just can trust to to run those intermediate to short routes and catch the ball no matter how fast or how much zip to put. Like, he will that guy now. Heelf is that guy you can trust to to make a play when you need to, to be that safety valve when the pocket collapses or the play breaks down. Heelf is that dude. He's, yeah, I couldn't agree more. He's had a fantastic season. He's had a fantastic uh, coming out party. All those stats that he's like, you know, his catch ratios are fantastic and number one. And he, he's the guy that we trust the most. Towards the second half, in the second half of the season, he led in receptions and yards. Um, yep. Matt, all awesome. I can say is, you know, we know talent on this show because we had to speak <laughs> we out the whole time. It was clear as day from the start to us, and I'm glad that he's blossoming into everything that we knew he could be and more. Everything we hoped and dreamed he could be. He's I mean, I think fully we're hoping evolved. and dreaming he could be like the next number one. He's like a superstar, which maybe he will be. Who knows? I don't. I never got like. I mean, he's not going to be like the next Randy Moss or somebody. Oh, well, not like really dominant like that. Like you know. But I mean, he could be the next Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, just a guy who gets yeah, maybe yeah eighty uh-huh. catches, a thousand plus yards, five so, yeah. plus touchdowns, easily. He can play outside too. Like part of me is like, ah, oh, maybe, maybe we'll see. I don't know. I don't want it to happen because I'm pretty comfortable with him in the slot because it's been going so well. But you know. Has been going really well. He's really good, so it's great. Yeah, I think that's like one, like green check mark for Joe Brady is, uh, or two, I should say, one being that he knows he he has this talent that he 
seems to know how to utilize. And now it's about getting him the right guys. Right. Ken Dorsey didn't really use Khalil Shakir that much. Didn't use Deontay Hardy. We saw Deontay Hardy have a couple mm-hmm. big catches towards the end of the year. Um, even James Cook in, in the running game, it, it sort of evolved with him and Ty Johnson as the season went on and, and was much more successful under Brady than I thought it was under Dorsey. So, um, but not only that, it's like Joe Brady knows what to do on third, second, whatever, fourth, right. and short. And that is run Josh Allen with a QB sneak. Yes, it goes to the left every time, but guess what? Despite that, that we know is it's going to the left, despite the defense knowing it's going to the left, it still works because it is mm-hmm. the most successful play in NFL history. 86, I think, percent success rate on fourth and one, third and one, one yard or less, QB sneak works. And if Joe Brady knows that and runs it and continues to run it, whether it's week two or the divisional round of the playoffs, Joe Brady's A-OK in my book. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) I don't ever want to see a Latavius Murray shotgun snap on third and one ever again. Correct. Any shotgun snap for that matter. Correct. So that is my final point. Um, I, I don't know. We talked about the defensive line. Some comments coming in here. Mo, Con Miller, nice. Mm. I think Con Miller is a con to himself. Like Von Miller's his own worst enemy. Like everything that comes out of this guy's mouth is BS. Nothing ever happens. But he believes it himself. That's, but he that's believes it. Uh, he, that's the self. He it. believes He's it. The con to himself. Yeah. Right. The only thing he didn't believe is he would become Dancing with the Stars champion, and he actually became Dancing with the Stars champion. So maybe Von Miller should not believe in things and not say things because if he does, they, if he doesn't, they come true. Mm -hmm. Um, Tony, any final thoughts as we wrap up here? Looking forward to what should be an action packed offseason. Yeah. If you thought this show went off the rails during the season, yeah, I know. Boy, do we got stuff in, in some the ways. Season. In some ways, like this was the last push. We got to get real um, creative. Yeah, in some ways, this was like the last push of the initial wave of Bean McDermott, and now like the next wave attempt comes in. You know what I mean, Matt? Does that make sense? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's the next and wave. I guess basically, like we look at that as like. Hyde Poyer, like that, the end of that era. And like, that's sort of symbolic of the whole, the whole thing. Hyde Poyer gave, like, it's all, it's all like, it's phasing out and phasing in the new wave. So maybe the new wave will make waves. I I feel like for any video game players out there, there's a video game genre called RTS, real-time strategy. And it's like a wave of enemies comes at you and you have to defend your base or whatever. And then you kind of rebuild your base and do get supplies and build your armies back up. And then another wave comes. That's the bills right now. It's like every season is just a wave of enemies mm-hmm. and we either defeat them or don't in, in some way, shape or form. And then we have to build our base back up in the off season. Like that, that's what we're, we're in a real life RTS here. Uh, Roy gets yeah. it. Tony, Roy we can't wait for it. UFL season. Roy that's when the it. real action starts. In many ways, yeah. It That's is. when real football starts. Roy gets it. Roy gets it. We can't wait to watch Jeff Fisher be, be his mediocre coaching self again. Uh, Carl, thank you. Awesome. Uh, I think we not 
we will not hear about Josh playing golf and about his social calendar this offseason. I predict that Josh will work out with Jordan Palmer again. Good. I, I hope uh, so. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so, too. Thank you for the awesome super chat there, Carl. We really appreciate that. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Josh's offseason plays out, and we'll talk about that in the weeks coming up. Because uh, this past offseason was a lot of Josh in the spotlight at the Masters, uh, Madden cover, Hollywood girlfriend. Like, we'll see if he dials it back. I kind of don't want him to. Josh is... <laughs> Josh is charismatic. He's funny. I don't know. Give me more Josh. Remember him at the NFL Honors a couple years ago? After yeah. 13 seconds? Yeah, the joke. The joke killed. The, the joke killed. He, he killed. Mm-hmm. Of like how both teams should get the ball in overtime. The man the man is made for the spotlight. I don't know. Yeah. But yes, go back working with Jordan Palmer. Work on your reads. Work on taking the short stuff when... When it's available to you, Josh. That's true. As we, uh, as Tony and I watched the UFL take off and be awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. Tony, any final thoughts about this game particular? Uh, this and game once again, particular... everyone, thank you for commenting and liking. We really appreciate all the comments today. Yeah, this game in particular, I'm ready to close the book on and move on emotionally and physically. I think I think I'm that's ready only to right move to on. do. I'm ready to move ready on. Ready to move on. We'll talk about moving on from some free agents. We'll talk about our favorite plays of the year in the upcoming Yeah, that's week. what I just and said. Just I said I'm ready to move on. Stuck. Move on. Oh, M-O-V- right now. V-O-N. <laughs> right now. Moving on. <laughs> no, did you hear what I said? M-O-V-E. V-O-N. I'm ready to move on. Oh, move on. <laughs> I didn't phonetically uh, there you go. piece it together. No, there. I, meant, I meant move on. I move meant, on. Move O-N. Move on from Vaughn. And V-O-N. <laughs> uh, I, think we, uh, I think we all are. It was funny because like, he made two plays, and McDermott's like, yeah, I really thought he got it towards the end there. It's like, yeah, yep. he, had, he had five tackles all year. Well, he made yeah. $3 to $4 million per tackle. Like That's not a guy I want on this team. Yeah, I'm ready to move on, too. What do you say we move on from this episode, though, Tony? That's exactly the segue I was trying to set you up for. Perfect. Great segue. (laughs) We're really clicking on all cylinders here. Uh, Thank you to our sponsor, of course, uh, Traveling Growler, www.travelinggrowler.com. Quality koozie starting at just $5. Awesome gift for loved ones or yourself as the weather gets hopefully warmer here. I mean, it's been freezing the whole time, past three weeks, but you need your drink to be cold. So get a traveling growler, great local product, support local business as you support this local podcast. Thank you, everyone, uh, for the comments. Snort. What? I don't know. Oh, okay. I get it. <laughs> Do you get that reference, Tony? Snort? Oh, I don't know. I thought like I mean, I thought I made a noise. It could go like so many ways. It could go yeah. from a Tony sneeze to a Peppa Pig reference. I like it. I like that it can go many ways with the snore reference. Uh, thank you, our sponsor, Traveling Growler, www.travelinggrowler.com. Uh, if you haven't tuned in uh, from the start, please check out our apparel store. Support the podcast, teespring.com. Search Witty Not Funny, all one word. Or Google search Teespring Witty Not Funny. Check out all the designs we'll be adding to it throughout the off season. We had uh, Bill's Design, Sabres Designs, anything you can 
think of usually pop culture based as, as we like to mention pop culture references throughout our show as listeners and viewers know. So check out the store today uh, for a cool design, t-shirts, sweatshirts, crewnecks, hoodies. We got it all. So all sizes, all colors, check it out. Witty, not funny teespring. Uh, Tony, where can the listeners follow us at witty sports, seven, one, six, as I get this overlay off, uh, <laughs> on Twitter, X and Instagram, Witty not funny sports on Facebook and TikTok. Please give us a follow on all platforms. We love following back. We love connecting with the Buffalo sports fans, those mafia saber swords, people trademark pending for that fan group name. Still working on it. Patent pending, trademark pending. Uh, but give us a follow. We love following back. Uh, our best stuff is on X and Twitter. That's where we're most uh, active. But follow us on all platforms. And uh, thank you for everyone for liking, commenting, subscribing, uh, for viewing. Whether you give us two minutes or two hours of your time, we greatly appreciate that. And we truly do mean that. Uh, we know we're just two goofballs sometimes. And uh, there's a lot of great shows out there. And we appreciate you guys tuning into ours and and taking this journey with us, if you will. Uh, I got into my slam poetry, so I'm feeling very like sentimental going on a journey with this off season, I think. Um, uh, if you're tuning in on audio afterwards, uh, if you want to listen back to this show, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast for free on the Built in Buffalo podcast network at Built in Buffalo underscore, of course. Go check out all the shows. Uh, and uh as a send-off, Tony, thank you, everyone, for listening and viewing tonight and commenting. And, of course, as we always say on this show, go Bills and stay witty out there, everyone. Thanks. Peace. Bye. Bye. Later.